Thank you for joining us on Belief Busters Podcast. We have created a new series where we discuss the beliefs people have about God, religion, spirituality, divinity, and intuition. This space is created for you to hear what folks think God is, how their perceptions may have changed, what works for them today, or what no longer serves them. Consider this a sacred conversation, affirming that there are multiple paths for people to have a connection to what they call God, or source, or allness, principle, love. It doesn't matter what we call God, God is. The beliefs that individuals share on this program does not necessarily reflect my personal beliefs, but I do believe that whatever the journey is, whatever the purpose of the journey to connect to the allness of the universe that the individual takes is sacred and worthy. And so I invite you to join in this conversation on Belief Busters. Welcome to Belief Busters podcast. We have Christine Garner on our show today, and she has overcome a lot in her life. She once was a part of a doomsday cult and was taught that she would die at a young age. Christine's success is a powerful story of overcoming limiting beliefs. Today, she owns her own commercial security business known as Teton Smart Security. But she really feels called to guide people to live a life of fulfillment. So of course, she has her own coaching company which is known as Vision Your Purpose. I've invited Christine to speak about her own evolution of understanding God. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much. Really glad that you could be here and to have like a meaningful dialogue about God, what God is, how you see God, and um, that it still has meaning and purpose in your life today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Sure. You're welcome. So let's start with, well, what were your indoctrinated beliefs about God growing up? Well, you know, my mom joined the cult when I was seven. And prior to that, I was so young that I hadn't really maybe taken the time to come to know him. But once we entered into the cult, who he was was extremely scary and you know he's nitpicking at you at every little thing that you do he's writing down all the bad things that you're doing so that he has every opportunity to to hurt you and to every reason to end your life and so when we became part of the cult they taught me that um your whole purpose in life is to pray to God that he will not destroy you and all mankind because doomsday is coming and you're going to have to be perfect in order to be saved. And so they said, most likely you're going to die at a young age. Wow. That's a lot of pressure. Yes. A lot of pressure. So when I thought of God, he was something that was very scary to me and I would avoid thinking about him. But at the same time, how can you avoid thinking about him when all you're doing is, you know, praying for your salvation all day and, you know, listening to um, the so-called prophet um, preach about God and destruction. Right. So, yes, very, very scary. 
So it seems like this is a God, a vengeful God who will smite you down at the smallest provocation. Exactly. Yes. And so it seems like for a, a little kid to have that kind of pressure to be perfect must have been really a hard place to be. Oh, I, I was always scared. And I, when I talked to my sister about this journey that I've been on in sharing my story so that people can know that no matter where you come from or who you are, you can live a life of fulfillment. And I'm a testament to that. She just said, you know, I just remember you because she's four years younger than me. But I just remember you always being so sad. And I was, I was, I was so sad because, well, first of all, I mean, my parents and my, my whole family got, um, destroyed basically in this process of my mom following the prophet and my dad Mm. not believing. And then my brothers being exiled because they didn't believe. And, you know, so we went from a family of eight to a family of three and we were socially isolated. And, um, I just, and, and, and believing that God could just destroy us at any time was so burdening to say the least. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really, it sounds like um, a a setup of abuse, really, you know, when you're isolated from everyone, when you have to mm-hmm. separate from your family because they don't believe the same way that you believe. Oh, um, yes, absolutely. It was, it was pure manipulation. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you got out. And what I'm amazed at is your strength. You know, the few times that I've spoken to you, you come across really like knowing who you are, what you are, um, and this sense of um, deserving good, deserving joy, you know, deserving to live a life of fulfillment. Thank you. And I think that, I actually, I know that belief comes from, knowing my purpose. And that's when I truly came to know God and who he really is. And I know that he is so merciful and so loving and he is out to help me. He's not out to harm me. He's, he's doing everything that in his power to help me make the right choices so that I can come back to him. And, and it's a happy place, not a place of destruction um, and fear. And so I find so much strength in knowing that his purpose is to help me come back to him. It's it's the plan of happiness. And I know that's what he wants for every one of his children. And so that does give me so much hope and confidence and joy in my life. Cool. So how did you how did you go from being, you know, really um terribly treated, um suppressed? How did you go from that? How did you how were you able to even realize that that what they were telling you about God wasn't true, that they were myths? How did you get to really release those false beliefs and then create new ones? Well, I think a, a series of events happened, but, um, you know, they told me that I would die at a young age and that I wouldn't 
graduate high school or college or have a family or have a career, right? So don't ever plan for any of those things. But then I got to the point where I was like 14 and I was just about, you know, that 15 year mark where they're like, if you are still alive at the age of 15, you're for sure going to see the end of the world and the destruction, you know, and it's going to be really bad. And so, but at that time they recognized what like a social butterfly I was because when I'd get out, I mean, in the cult, I was super sad. Okay. And scared. But when I'd go out and, and see normal people, it was like, it gave me a new life. And so mm. I would, I would make friends and they always taught me to stay away from other people. Like, and I was going to public school at the time, but they told me that I need to, couldn't make friends. And, and everybody was always at a surface level with me because we couldn't talk about our life at home. Right. You know, being part of the cult. Cause that was all a secret. And so they were like, she's, she is a liability to our society we got to pull her out of the school system. And so it was me and my little sister and my sister's four years younger than me. And, um, when my mom would leave for work, they would deadbolt the door on the outside because they couldn't physically be there to watch us. And so after a couple of years, I was at my wits end with the control and no freedom. And my sister and I were just locked up in this house. And, and so I started coming up with a plan. I was like, I'm going to save up every penny, every dime that I can find. And every now and then I would go into my mom's purse and steal a dollar here and there, hoping that mm -hmm. she wouldn't, wouldn't notice. And um, I remember the day that I had a Ziploc bag with almost enough money to get a, a bus ticket. I remember the bus ticket being about $46 and I was about five or $6 short, but I was determined to go. I was determined to leave. And I just knew that once I got to the bus stop, I would ask somebody for the rest of the money and they would help me. Um, but my plan was to get out and to find my dad in Portland, Oregon. So in Portland is where I was born. And my mom had followed the prophet to this so-called safe haven in Idaho. And I looked at my sister because I had been planning this for months, but she didn't know my plan because I didn't want to talk to her about it because I didn't want her to worry. And so I remember looking at her with this bag of money in my hand and I said, sis, I'm going to get us out. Like, I'm going to go find dad. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to come back for you and we're going to go back and move back to Portland. And I just remember the devastation on our face because we had gone through everything together. Yes. You know, we, we, all we had was each other. And so I just remember climbing out that window and I was like, I'll see you again. And she, that was so hard. But as I, as I left, there was a policeman that lived nearby. And so I knocked on his door and I told him my plan. And I had told him what kind of conditions we were living in. I said, I'm going to go find my dad. But in the meantime, I need you to go back and help my sister because she's still locked in that house. Yeah. And he said to me, I can't let you go because then you'd be considered a runaway. But okay. go back into the house, climb back into the window as if nothing's happened and I'm going to send the police. And so 
The police came the next day along with um, Child Protective Services and even like the, my junior high principal and they all came and they addressed my mom and, and another leader of the cult and um, nothing changed at first, but then that next year of school, they let me go back to school. And from there, I reconnected with a, a, a friend of mine and just in home ec class, we were having this conversation about, um, we were having this conversation about God, which was something that was really rare for me to talk about because I did always avoid that. I just hated right. talking and thinking about God. And also I never wanted to talk to anybody about what it is that I really believed and what was indoctrinated in me. But when my friend said the words heavenly father, I was like, who is that? Who are you talking about? And she's like, you know, God. And I was like, why would you call him that? Like, that's mm -hmm. blasphemous. Like he would smile, he'll smite you. Why would you talk about him like that? And, and she's like, no, I, I talk about him like that because he's loving and he is our father in heaven. And, and she was talking about how she praised him, but like, really it was like, conversation you know like she's, mm -hmm. she's pouring her heart out to him and talking with him and that he loves her and he knows her by name and he knows all of us by name and and I had never heard anybody talk about him like that wow. and it was like the heavens opened up and I was like at first I thought maybe my mom is right maybe she, what she told me about them other people outside this cult they worship a different god than we do maybe she's right but then as she kept on talking about him, I thought, no, there's some correlations here that m let me know I need to discover more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I started studying about him and learning about him through, through, through his word, through his scriptures. And by praying to him and not in the way that I was taught to pray as a child, which was just these repetitious prayers, it was you know, Heavenly Father, like, I need you in my life, and I'm scared, and I don't know what to do, and please help mm -hmm. me. And so through that, just that one conversation, and of course, we had many more conversations after that, but that really opened up my heart to know who he really is. Wow. So what do you believe about God today? Well, I know that he has a plan for each of us. I know that he has a purpose for us, and I know that he is out for our good. Like he, he is loving and he is merciful and he wants what's best for us. But he also gives us our agency, which is our freedom of choice to make the choices um, to come closer to him or to do it the hard way and, um, and retreat from him. But um, yeah, the sense of knowing who he is and my purpose has given me so much strength and confidence so great and what would you suggest to other people who maybe they have a a concept of a very punitive judgmental god um, how do you give them permission to change their beliefs of what they've been told because that may not really be true that's such a great question. And, you know, I can only speak upon experience 
And for me, because my belief was so deeply set, right? I was mm-hmm. part of that from the time I was seven to the time I was 17. Um, but it, it starts with a true desire, right? A true desire to really know him and to take the time to pray with him, to pray and speak to him. And I just know that as you do and with a sincere heart, he will speak to you through your heart and through your soul. And it's a, it's a still small voice, you know, but if you're so diligent and have such a strong desire, he will speak to you through your heart and your soul. And then you'll know that he does love you. Um, and I would say, start with that. Okay, that desire. That desire to connect to source, to connect Mm -hmm. to God. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So what is it that you want to do to assist people, you know, and really help them to live fulfilling lives? Um, How do people get in contact with you? Yeah, thank you. So what I currently do, and I'm so extremely passionate about this, is I host um, purpose-empowered vision board workshops where I help guide people to put their purpose on paper because truly knowing our purpose gives us so much power to live a fulfilling life. And so I help them put their purpose down on paper and then we, we, um, go through a process where we're learning about who we are, what our limiting beliefs are like what you're talking about and busting through those limiting beliefs through some really cognitive training. And, um, we map out what we want our lives to look like in the next five years and then the next one year. And we align our goals with our purpose. See, a lot of times in life, people are aligning their purpose with their goals, which really can lead you down a life that is full of maybe things that you desire, like money or status Mm -hmm. or, fancy cars or whatever, but it leaves you unfulfilled. So what I help people do is align their goals with, with their purpose and then create a plan to live a life of purpose and to live that purpose. And so it's this, it's this awesome three-step process and they walk away from the workshop with this incredible vision board that they use as an empowerment tool to help guide them and keep them focused every single day. And then I provide accountability coaching once or twice a month, depending on whatever works best for their lifestyle. And I just help them to stay focused on living their purpose. And it's the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. (laughs) I, I can see your joy as you're talking about it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Did we miss anything? Is there anything that you want to say before we are complete? I would love the ability to connect with anybody out there who is looking for a spark of light, inspiration in their day. They can find me um, on Facebook at Christine Ming Ming Garner. It's spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And then Ming Ming is spelled M-I-N-H, M-I-N-H and Garner. So they can follow me there or on Instagram because I know that geographically, most people are not going to be able to come to my workshop. But I do also, I'm creating an online course where they can take, um, it's called the Fulfilled Life Workshop, where they're going to be able to access that. And if, you know what, vision boarding or that deep of self-discovery isn't your cup of tea. I understand, but I still want to be able to provide value to the world. And so you can connect with me on social where I provide inspiration and motivation. 
Thank you. Christine, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really a pleasure. And for those of our viewers, we are here to talk about all those beliefs that we've been told are truths. We've been indoctrinated into thinking that this is the way things have to be. And one of the things that we really just take for granted is the concept of God, what God is. So I invite you to join us on this journey as we deconstruct some of the myths around God and create new beliefs of the love, the mercy, the care that is God. Join us next time. Once again, thank you for listening to us here on Belief Busters Podcast. If you are enjoying these conversations about challenging our belief systems and ways that we can go about transforming outdated beliefs, then I invite you to follow us or subscribe to us or even give us a positive review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to have a conversation with Reverend Cherie, you can reach her at info at beliefbusterspodcast.org. To continue on this journey of evolution of consciousness, you can also choose to get my book, which is entitled Turning Your Why Into Why Not. You can find it at Amazon or any other book sellers. This gives you practical tools to do the work of transformation on your own. I look forward to seeing you the next time on the flip side.